Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Ladies, have you ever had one of those uncomfortable headlight moments? Don't you want to be heard without distraction? Bezzy broad discs are your solution. Go to justwantedtoask.com and look for Bezzy broad discs. Hello, everyone. Uh, today, I'm thrilled to be here with Marla Duran. Marla is a self-taught clothing designer and fiber artist. Marla says that her goal is for women to feel confident and comfortable in her clothes. She strives to create work that is modern, edgy, timeless, and original. Marla started making clothes in 1981 after her son was born. She became It became her passion and livelihood. Since then, she's sold her designs through stores such as Nordstrom's and Joan Shep. Her designs have been shown at Atelier Designers in New York City, at craft and art shows across the country. And she has also been seen, um, also known for her appearance as a contestant on the second season of Project Runway. She offers limited editions and one-of-a-kind pieces. Many of the limited editions incorporate vintage and Asian-inspired elements, and many of the fabrics are custom-made. So retro meets contemporary. Welcome, Marla, to the podcast. Hi, Anne. Thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. So you started with um, children. How, how, tell us more about your history with um, clothing design and fabrics. Well, I'll give you a, a quick rundown. Um, I started as a potter when I lived in Washington, D.C., And then I moved to Los Angeles, got married and had a child. And that's when I started making clothing and I made kids clothes, children's clothes. Uh, I moved back east and the focus was on children's clothing. And I think that part of it is I like to work with my hands. But also I realized that I was going to have to make a living for myself and my son. And working with fabric suited me. I um, kind of kind of had a mentor here in Allentown named Rose Ackerman, who ran the local art school. And she was a fan of my work and she encouraged me. And there were some local stores that I was able to sell my clothes in. And so every one of those things was like a building block for me to um, believe in what I was doing and helped me create my vision, which was to have a line of clothing and to be able to support myself and my son. Um, It was a gradual evolution into women's clothes, which I'm happy to talk about. Yeah. What aesthetics from pottery and that, that type of 
that area did you bring over to your clothing? Um, was it texture, color, design? I would say that for working with pottery is very tactile and um, also working with fabrics, the same thing. I like three-dimensional work. I'm more comfortable with it than two-dimensional work. And there is the element of the silhouette, the shape, and I would sometimes decorate my pots with little kind of drawings and designs. And so I think I have an affinity for Asian design for whatever reason. And that and the kind of retro feel of the fabrics I use have been characteristics of my work. Sure, your fabrics have a great um, a, a, a fluidness to them. They, they flow. Yeah, I, I somehow, oh, you know, my relatives, my relatives had a fabric store in town that was pretty well known. And I remember finding a cache of rayon prints there. You know, they were, I guess what you call remnants, maybe two to three yard cuts of these prints. And I started making clothes with them. And I put them together in this kind of irreverent mix of patterns. And I remember my friends were kind of thinking like, whoa, you know, I don't know about that. But it turns out I was really onto something. And that became my kind of aesthetic, even to this day. And once I started doing that, it seemed like my work was catching people's eyes and it gave me a kind of a, a look that I developed and kind of stayed true to. And that's what I love about uh, your clothing. Um, I have several pieces. I'm wearing one today, obviously on the, on, on, I, on the uh, audio, you can't see what we're wearing, but we're both wearing your designs. And I love the combination of different prints and how you use them as accents. Uh, they're amazing. So the fabrics that you use, tell us about um, why you cho have chosen rayon um, and the fabrics that you've chosen. Um, working with rayon, I don't think it was anything I intentionally sought after, but those fabrics I found at my family's fabric store were rayon. And rayon has a really nice drape to it. And it also takes the dye very well. And so that suited me. And the prints were precise prints and interesting prints. And um, also, I think rayon is comfortable on the body. It's not really synthetic. It's made of tree pulp. And it's, um, it's comfy in hot weather and flattering and i think that um, a lot of my clothes fit a range of bodies and i think that women of all sizes find they can wear my rayon tops that they're not hard to fit into and they flatter and 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 along with the details i put on my clothes i think it just seems to have worked yeah i love the detailing and i love also the fact that i've gained a lot of weight and they still look wonderful on me, so yeah, yeah. it works. And as yeah. we talked about before uh, starting to record, 
The wonderful thing about your tops are they're so totally flexible. You can wear them with jeans, but you can also dress them up to go out at night. And I have a jacket that I wore to um, a fairly dressy affair and felt totally comfortable. So it's really wonderful. I've also layered, which is great. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. I do think my stuff is versatile and um, you can dress it up and dress it down. So yeah. that. And makes me happy. <laughs> I also do love the detailing of the prints. So in 2005, um, you ended up being on Project Runway season two. And in an interview I heard a, a while ago, you said that you actually hadn't seen season one when you applied. Um, when you actually, it must have been a grueling process to get onto the show. But when did you actually watch season one and um, what did you think about what you were getting into? Yeah, I didn't watch Project Runway. I heard some buzz about it. You know, I remember a friend telling me she had to get home to watch it on Thursday nights. It was very important. And, and I didn't really pay attention. And I had some people tell me or suggest to me that I should try out for it. And um, and particularly a cousin who lives in the Los Angeles, Los Angeles area urged me to try out for it. And I did. And I remember when I was at the audition, I probably said that I had never watched the show. And I think they like things like that. And I think I remember saying something like they said, what designers do you like and what designers don't you like? And I tend to like quirkier designers, but I may have said something like that. I didn't really like Michael Kors' work. And I, he was a judge and I didn't even know it. And I'm sure stuff like that, just, you know, they like a little controversy and things like that. So um, anyway, I did end up getting selected to be on the show and it was very exciting. So I think they may have started showing reruns of season one just before season two was airing because they were drumming up interest. And I might've been even been too nervous to really watch it, you know, but um, people were telling me things about the show before I was actually, before I actually went to do it. But um, yeah, it was, it was a little nerve wracking, but anyway. I can't imagine. And the stress must've been crazy. Yeah, it's, it was very stressful. And um, I think the people that were involved in the production really encouraged stress, you know, and even set up scenarios that would create stress. Yeah. Well, of course, because they want uh, exciting television. Yeah. Um, the people that you were with on the show, um, they certainly ranged in their design aesthetic, but also in their experience. Um, what was, how intimidating was that? Before I went on the show, I felt pretty confident that I'd be able to just withstand the ordeal. But I think once I got there, I did get intimidated because um, I was at a point in my career where 
I was having other people make my garments and I was designing them. And the other people I was competing with were making their garments and really hands-on in their um in their creativity. Whereas I was a little farther along in terms of having a business. So uh in a way, I think that set me back, or at least set me back in my mind, because I worried, I worried that maybe my ideas weren't trendy enough or young enough or, or this enough or that enough. You know, I think in my experience on the show, um, it was tough to maintain my confidence, let's say that. Sure. Now you already had a business when you went on the show. I did. Um, so you did. had already been working with fabric, uh, fabric people. Had you yeah. been to mood before? Uh, I can't remember if I'd been to mood before. I don't think that's where I was shopping. Um, I usually would go to Los Angeles to buy my fabrics, in particular my prints, which are uh, made in India. Um, and I'm sure I've been to places similar to Mood, but I really can't remember if I've been to Mood. Yeah, good question. Yeah, when I had my retail business, I used to walk from um, the bus station in New York over to 34th and Madison, and I would walk through that whole fabric area. Yeah. And I had been in and out of some of the fabric stores, amazing, absolutely amazing places. Yeah, you're reminding me of some of the stores I would buy fabrics at. One is called something like New York Elegant. I think she's still there. I saw her recently, and I think we sort of had a little nod of recognition. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah. Anyway. And then yeah. all of the places where you get findings. Yes. Um, well, my mother used to be. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm sorry. I was going to say there were so many great places. and. I had taken a jewelry class at Parsons. It was sort of like, it wasn't a metal smithing per se, but a friend and I took it with this really wonderful woman. And so I spent a lot of time in New York combing through all the findings and places and all sorts of types of stores. I got really familiar with them, looking for interesting things. I went into one place and I was looking for something specific. I don't even remember what it was. And I was in the bath someplace. It, it was like being in a cave. Yeah. In the back it. of a store. I believe it. And yeah. I thought, people may never see me again. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, those were great times, you know. Was... Yeah. When I was young, my mother used to go into the city and buy, and she had a lingerie shop, and we uh -huh. went to places that specifically had findings. So I can remember going into one place where we were buying um, wires bra for bras and hooks yeah. and eyes and all of that. So That's that so becomes funny. really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. That's cool that your mom had a shop. What was it yeah. called? Um, it was called Edith's Lingerie in Princeton, New Jersey. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So since then, are you still buying all your fabrics in, in L.A.? Well, during COVID, a lot changed. And the company that I was have been working with for years and years um, 
there was like a kind of, I won't call it an upheaval, but their showroom was not accessible and I couldn't readily talk to the people in charge and my emails weren't getting answered. So that was tough. And recently we've been back in touch and I think they reestablished their showroom in LA and are kind of um, back to being in business. And I do plan to go out and see them, but um, I actually have a lot of fabrics that I have in my workroom and my seamstress's workroom. So we're trying to sort through that and work on that. But uh, when you started your business, um, what were the challenges in terms of minimums? Well, let's see. When I started, I remember my first show in New York was in the early 90s. And I remember I had to buy 500 yards of this one fabric. And I bought the fabric and I washed it, which it wasn't supposed to be washable. And it completely changed the texture in a way that I liked. And then I put it through this process of discharging the color. I put it in this chemical process. And so the fabric was a check of like polyrayon. And so the rayon would, the color would pull out and the poly, the color would stay in. So it became a check, like this black, boring fabric suddenly had a lot of texture and had two colors. And so that 500 yards became really easy to work through. Um, I did work, I'm trying to think, I think I worked with the local factory and they were making my shirts. My shirts were one size. It was in the day of the big shirt. And so the shirts became like this checked cream and black and then the pant was just a black and that outfit like sold so well i remember one boutique ordered 18 sets which was pretty amazing so anyway i didn't have any trouble going through that 500 yards and i ended up buying more so i think sometimes i got lucky and i was resourceful and i was doing retail wholesale shows in new york where i you know was that was my customer base so I didn't really struggle with the minimums. And then when I started working with my prints, my fabric company wanted me to buy, let's say, two to 500 yards of a print, but the prints weren't seasonal per se. And so I would just make a bunch of shirts at a time and eventually they'd all sell. I, I never seemed to really get stuck with merchandise. It was kind of a... It, things just worked out for me. Like I said, I think I was resourceful. And my stuff was new and fresh and people were buying it. Yeah. Yeah, I love your stuff. Thank so, you. Um, after Project Runway, how, how, did your, how did your designs change? Um, I think I, after Project Runway, I remember taking a pattern making class at FIT, I think it was FIT, yeah, because I worried on the show that my skills were not good. And I remember talking to Tim Gunn and he said to me, 
you don't have to do the pattern making, hire someone, you know, which was what I generally did. But um, I think I toyed with the idea of going on the show again. And I thought, well, I got to really brush up my skills. And so I took a course, which I loved. And to be honest, I don't think I used my pattern making skills in my, in my making my clothes. I think I relied on the professionals doing it. But that just gave me a little more um, knowledge. And how did my designs change? Well, I think that I realized that the work I was doing I had something to say with the work I was doing, and I didn't need to really doubt it that I could feel good about my own point of view. And so um, I'm not really sure that my work changed in any dramatic fashion, but I have um, kind of included new fabrications into my work and new silhouettes and branched out into doing other kind of, well, other designs. Yeah, I've, I've grown. I've grown in my work, but I'm not sure it was any direct effect of Project Runway other than just getting to work. And um, over the years, you've done not only trade shows, but you've also done craft shows. And uh, we spoke about Years ago, I can remember going to a showroom and the gentleman who owned the showroom, the, the two young women came in and he looked at them and I was with my mother and he said to the two young women, watch what this woman is purchasing, meaning my mother, and learn from it because she knows her customer. Right. Wow, that's and, great. And um, that's always been in the back of my mind. but. You've also mentioned that as well. Doing craft shows, you've been able to meet a lot of your customers. And how have they changed over the years? Um, I think doing the craft shows was super important for me to really see how my clothes look on people, how they fit, what people gravitated towards, and... um, yeah, it was like invaluable information. And then when I would do my wholesale shows, I could show my work with confidence, knowing that my my things worked because I wouldn't want my, my wholesale stores to get stuck with things that don't work. But um, I would say my clients, my clients have almost always been professional women probably with a little money to spare who could afford to buy themselves nice things. Although I'm sure there's plenty of my clients who maybe, you know, shop very um, carefully, you know, and maybe allow themselves something nice now and then, you know, they're not extravagant, but um, I suppose we've all gotten older, you know, my clients and myself, um, I think the reason that the older women like my clothes is because I think they feel that they could look a little different in what I design without looking silly. You know, I think that they felt confident in my clothes, that they were maybe taking a little bit of a chance, but not 
not going too far. Um, you know, people tell me that my clothes are very artistic, but wearable. And I think they appreciated that. So I guess the main thing I could say about how my client has changed is maybe we've all gotten older. But I also want to say that I noticed young people liking my clothes, which gives me a real thrill. Um, I think they like the vintage vibe. And um, they seem game for shopping in my booth when I'm at an art fair, you know. Sure. And you also have, um, I mean, I love your jackets and shirts, but you also have pants and you have skirts. Yeah, and I do. the I, skirts I, are very young. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, um, I don't really design for a young person per se, but my some of my clothes are young. I think I kind of try to... Uh, some of the things I design, I design, let's say, with my client in mind. And then sometimes I design with myself in mind. And I might be a little more free-spirited or playful or adventurous in what I'm willing to wear. Well, certainly. And on Project Runway, you act, you did design for Barbie. I, yes, I did design <laughs> for Barbie. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Been a challenge was, and a trip. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish I'd had a, you know felt a little more sure about the ideas that I do and brought them into my collection on the show. You know, I think maybe I didn't introduce enough of that. You know, my my real style into the looks that I created. Yeah. Well, as I said, I do love your your style. I love your clothes. I love the prints. I love the fabrics. Thank you. Um, so tell us more about uh, your design studio and your shop in Bethlehem. Um, how did you choose Bethlehem as a location? Um, I've always been lucky enough to have a good space to work since I moved back here in the early 80s. And there was a sense that something was going on in the south side of Bethlehem, which is near Lehigh, that retail stores were beginning to open and there was a location I liked but it was taken by Bluefish which was a pretty well-known label and I went in one day I, my neighbor was was taking design classes at Parsons and I said let's go see let's go to Bethlehem and I went in the store and the people working there said we're actually closing the store in a few days we're going to be shutting down the business I don't remember if Bluefish, I think, I don't know what's happening with Bluefish. And so I went to the landlord immediately and I said, you know, John, I really like this space. And he said, great. And so Bluefish moved out a few days later and I moved in right away. And it was um, a perfect fit. It was really fortuitous. And there were other stores, other kind of cute shops opening up around me. And it was a great neighborhood a really good um, community to work in. And it gave me more of a face in the community, you know, which was great. And I feel like I got a lot of support from the Lehigh Valley where I live. Yeah. Area. Um, but I'm sorry, you, you kind of flipped out. Oh, was that sorry. It's a great it. little area uh, uh, where I, your shop is. I love, I do go to work, although I, 
I do work from home too. And I work from my seamstress's workspace, but um, I love when people come in my shop. You know, sometimes I can tell they're not sure what's going on in my shop because it's not set up like a regular retail space. But I tell them about what we do and how the clothes are all made locally. I mean, very locally now, pretty much hand cut and sewn. And every now and then I get someone who has a sincere interest in my clothes and they're excited about what they see. And there's all sorts of price points. And I guide them through the wraps of things and help them find, you know, work that suits them. And it's a lot of fun. And they come away with some good, good items. And then, um, and also every now and then people from out of town will make a trip to my store by appointment. And uh, I love that. So currently, in order to actually meet with you, people do have to make an appointment. People and contact you in advance. Yeah, because uh, it's too chancy that I'll be there. Um, I, I used to travel a lot. I'm not traveling as much. I, I have a few shows lined up this year, and I have a couple that I'm considering, ones that I haven't done in a while, um, because I do miss seeing my clients. And even though I want them to come and see me, that doesn't always happen. But um, one of the shows I'm going to do again is in Easton, Maryland. It's a lovely show at the Academy Art Museum. But the one I'm playing with is the show at Lincoln Center that's now called Craft New York. I mean, I don't even know if there's a spot for me, but that is one of my favorite shows. I love my New York City clients. They are so much fun. I miss them terribly. Um, The reason I don't do outdoor shows is the weather can be so unpredictable and it's very hard on the clothes. But um, I, I miss, I miss seeing clients, you know, it keeps me energized in my work. Oh, totally. And as you said before, um, it's one thing to see clothing on a model. It's another thing to be able to see clothing on actual people and their bodies. Um, And the versatility is, is you can't get that through models you really have to see it on real people yeah and I, a lot of feedback i get is when people try in my clothes they tell me it looks better on than on the hanger which i really appreciate like that is i feel um such important feedback that i take pride in you know that the things look really good on the body well now having said that <laughs> um we'll pivot where can people find you tell us about your website okay i started my website i'm not sure maybe five plus years ago it's www.marladuran.com and i think it's somewhat easy to navigate um right now i'm the one maintaining it so please excuse any errors every now and then i find something that's not right and i feel a little embarrassed but um yeah my work is on on my site and i always offer some sale merchandise really good prices and then i try to offer new work and you can communicate with me through my site you know there's a a button you can send me messages etc but um and i also have a mailing list and i try not to do too many mailings because i don't want to you know add to everybody's full mailboxes but i do like to keep people 
informed, especially if I'm having a sale, which I'm having right now. Yeah. Well, I love your website. I had no problems with it. And whatever you've seen um, that wasn't quite right, I didn't see it because I thought the website was great. Thank Um, you. But for our listeners, all of that information will be in the show notes and very easy to find. So definitely check out the show notes. Marla, thank you so very much for joining me to get today. It's been a pleasure, sincerely. Thank you, Anne. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.